Hey everyone, just wanted to thank you for listening to Definitely Doomed, the episode by episode Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. Also wanted to remind you that each episode of the podcast is a breakdown of each episode of the show, and therefore we have no concern for spoilers and the like. Please enjoy. Uh, are all these magic books? A uh, private collection, uh, books for sale uh, against the walls. So all these books got spells in them? Turn people into frogs, things like that? Yeah, we're building a race of frog people. It's a good time. So, uh, are you all witches? Or... Hey, don't do a spell on me now. <laughs> Was there something in particular you were looking for? Hey everyone, it's another episode of Definitely Doomed, the episode-by-episode podcast breakdown of Buffy the Vampire Slayer that will in all likely take you longer to listen to than it would just to watch the show itself. Joining me, Ruben, in that time-wasting quest is my friend and yours. His name is Basil. What's up? Hey, Basil. Not much. <laughs> What's up with you? I'm doing good. October 2nd. Going significantly better than October 1st. <laughs> nice. Way to kick off Hooptober. <laughs> the weirdest... Um, now I can't remember that word that I love. Where you combine two words together. Portmanteau. Yep. The most linguistically awkward portmanteau I've ever heard. That's true. It's really <laughs> terrible. I'm going to watch Poltergeist for the first time this ever this month. So. Nice. So way to go, me. You should, instead of, um, like, downloading it or streaming it, you should rent it from the store. And then, like, when you come home with the DVD, be like... They're here, <laughs> <laughs> and have like all the Poltergeist movies to watch. Yeah, <laughs> you watch it with Mitchell, and like, cause he would think that was funny. <laughs> you should have this apartment. And we're like, they're here. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> movie done. Today we're gonna be discussing um, episode six of season five. It's called Family, and it's my turn to give the plot description. Um, so. Episode starts off with um, Buffy. Uh, well, the episode starts off with a scene between Tara and Will, but it's not super plot relevant. So um, the B plot, I guess, kicks off with um, Buffy telling Giles what she learned in the last episode that Dawn is the key, talking about what they're going to do about her. Um, and Buffy decides to move back to the house to help protect Dawn. Uh, at least partially under the guise of also helping her mom with her illness. Um, <coughs> in the A-plot, um, it's Tara's birthday, and suddenly her father, brother, and cousin show up. And it turns out we finally learn why Tara um, 
botched that spell from season four. She's been told since she was young that she's part demon and that that will side of her will express herself on her 20th birthday. Glory, uh, now knowing who the Slayer is, recruits a demon um, to, I don't know, I guess kill her, fight her or something. It's not really clear because obviously Glory could kill Buffy herself yeah. <laughs> if she really wanted to at this point. Um, and uh, so these demons go to the magic box to uh, attack the gang, and Tara's cast a spell to prevent them from seeing her demon side, um, but it prevents them from seeing all demons, and so now they're fighting these invisible demons. <laughs> Spike, hearing that the Slayer is going to be killed, shows up, but then decides to help. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they find out that Tara's not a part demon, it's just a lie that her family tells her to keep the women uh, sub- yeah, subservient. <laughs> And uh, the family bails, and everyone has a happy Tara birthday. Yep. One, one of the few happy birthdays in the show. Yeah. What do you think of this episode? I think this episode's okay. It's got some very funny lines and funny deliveries, but uh, I don't know. It, it takes the... Uh, Wicca as lesbian metaphor and really like <laughs> veers into it. It's like, yeah. oh, we kept making this joke before, but now we're really gonna do it. <laughs> and and some of it gets uh, very, very heavy-handed to me. And uh, hey, the, that stuff I'm less into. Mm-hmm. But We'll get into specifics. I think there's a few moments that I don't know if the show actually earned, except for Amber Benson's performance really sells them. <laughs> yeah, I also feel that this episode is okay. Give it a C plus, and pretty much was going to say what you just said there, which is that like you know the ending is like pretty uh, emotional, but like also they. St- been the whole episode pointing out how Tara is not really a member of the gang right. <laughs> and there's like not so much that's happened to make me feel like she is part of the gang at this point and then of course kind of the thing I mentioned in the plot description which is going to be sort of a semi-issue they do a little bit better job later on in the season dealing with it but every other villain up until this point like they've been able to give a good reason why they're not just like killing Buffy right away (laughs) Uh, um, like uh, the master is trapped inside that bubble Um, Angel's more interested in like torturing her really than like actually killing her the mayor's waiting until it becomes a big snake Adam has this plan and he wants Buffy to be alive to be part of it but it's kind of like until like maybe halfway through the season when they finally sort of lampshade it's like why isn't glory just crushing buffy like a bug <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah <coughs> and it especially doesn't make sense in this episode because it seems like she's sending those demons to kill buffy which is just not 
useful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think um uh the only explanation that makes sense to me sort of is just her vanity, I guess. Mm-hmm. That like when she complains about her being common or whatever, she's like, "Ugh, I'm not gonna lower myself to like walk around Sunnydale and find the stupid stuff." <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so the first uh, scene is Willow is sleepy and wants Tara to come up with a bedtime story for her, and she starts telling the story of how they adopted Miss Kitty Fantastico. Um, and. Yep. Tara is, uh, we're introduced to Tara's obviously having some group anxiety and also some willow anxiety because she's been up all night studying spells and stuff, trying to keep up with willow's curve and also be useful to the group. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I have anything to say about this scene. Yeah, it just seemed like an excuse for more cute cat photography. Yeah. It seems like the crew really was like, oh man, this cat's pretty adorable. <laughs> yeah. How can we work this cat anymore? Yeah, considering it was introduced at the end of season four, and they were like, you know, there's at least like usually a two-month break between seasons, mm-hmm. and then however long it took to get to episode six, this is probably a completely different kitten than the one. That's <laughs> true. The end of season four. Because it would probably be pretty big at this point, otherwise. Right. <laughs> or maybe they just filmed a whole lot of kitty B-roll <laughs> when they shot that one scene, and they're like, "Oh, we got all this extra cat B-roll. <laughs> we should use it." Yeah. Um. Yeah, and Will is very good at being like cutely manipulative. Is the other thing yep. that I noticed about this scene. Like, not in. I mean, I think. Her manipulativeness in other situations is bad. I think this is fine, you know, in a relationship to push someone to snuggle you. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay, I don't need snuggles. (laughs) Um, But then this next part, I thought, is super well shot. There's like a a dolly shot that dollies into um, seeing Buffy and Giles sitting in the common room. Uh, mostly mm-hmm. in the dark, one light behind them, just sort of giving them like a bit of a glow. Uh, having this conversation about Dawn. Yeah, I wrote that down too. Especially the shot of Buffy is pretty good, but the shot of Giles, like, I was just like, wow, this is an amazing looking shot. Yeah. Um, they do, like, I think that this shot has like a cool, like, it looks really good, but I think it has this cool effect of like I don't know like I don't think that the show agrees with their plan we eventually find out like keeping everything from everybody and I think that shot sort of hints at the fact that um the show is not totally on their side that they're all clothed in darkness they're being superheroes and leaving the rest of everyone behind. Yeah, there's a even more... Show tends mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, show tends to be against that in general. <laughs> yeah. There's an even more obvious uh, version of this in Angel, where there's a shot of Gun, where he, like almost all of the light has been like taken off of his 
uh, body, and he just looks like super creepy and angry and upset. (laughs) Nice. Um, we find out what's happening with Buffy's dad. Uh, apparently he has, is vacationing in Spain with his secretary. Living yeah. the cliche. Really throw <laughs> her dad progressively under the bus. Like, he doesn't seem like that bad a guy <laughs> when he first appears. It's like, a little, uh, but then, really... <laughs> Yeah, the first episode of um, season two, he seems perfectly fine uh, mm-hmm. when he brings Buffy back from L.A. and all they've done all summer is go shopping. Right. Yeah, yeah, he seems, like, sad and concerned and, you know. So, yeah, it, I really like Buffy's delivery of the line, but it seems a little not organic or human when uh, Giles is talking about what they're going to do and then Buffy kind of like looks upstairs at Dawn and talking about Gloria she's like she'll come she'll come for us yeah <laughs> I don't know it's a little weird yeah I wrote that one down too for the same reason <laughs> I, I, I really like the part when she says Dawn cried for a week except she didn't <laughs> yeah it's a cool part all of the yeah. stuff dealing with that tends to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Glory's hair when she bursts out of the thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when it comes back from the opening credits, uh, it's a wide shot of the campus, and we get hopefully the last uh, what I call WB music. <laughs> it's like really goofy in bed mm-hmm. um, and they're moving Buffy out of her uh, she said that she's saving money I guess you, you yeah you pay for a dorm too that's just like a nice dorm not an apartment <laughs> yeah yeah dorms are expensive yeah I I looked into living on campus because I thought it might be interesting but then it was like $800 a month to share a room with someone else and I was like that's way too much (laughs) yeah I think uh, I remember in my undergraduate that dorm cost was like about the same as living in an apartment maybe like slightly less but obviously like you share a bathroom with like a thousand people and you don't right. have enough of it or anything so really like was not actually a good deal yeah i mean yeah it makes sense that for a university that's like built away from most places since my school is like in downtown portland real estate's very expensive so it makes sense that the room to live downtown would be pretty pretty spendy um, Anya is complaining because apparently they just moved Buffy in <laughs> and then Buffy walks into the dorm room right as Anya's complaining she's like we just moved her out and it was fun <laughs> uh, but I like that Giles is called out in this moment because he says um, you know Anya uh, people help each other it's like custom 
and Buffy's like, I noticed you're doing the smallest amount of helping that can be considered helping. <laughs> he says he's fulfilling a patriarchal sort of role. Scowling and, a funny... and judging. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a funny sort of joke where then he actually becomes the dad figure for a second, <laughs> and because Riley and Xander are fighting. Yeah, goofing so, around. He, yep. But that but then I thought that it was like kind of cool and subtle that it actually like undermines him again because he tells them to stop, but they don't stop until Buffy tell, <laughs> tells them to stop. <laughs> um, Xander says too bad about giving up the place because with the two doors you could have a lot of body French farce. Yep. And uh, really driving the point home of Tara's not quite fitting into the group yet. Uh, she makes a joke about Glory that references, a, you know, some text or something that no one else has read. Yep, like a, a magical mythology yeah. text thing. She's a real nerd. Yeah. Maybe Giles got the joke but just didn't think it was funny. Because it would make yep. sense that he would have read it. <laughs> It's true, but yeah, I mean, Anya doesn't think it's funny either when she finally gets it explained at the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. She's like, that's still not funny. <laughs> it's true. It's not a very good joke. Riley's joke is pretty good, though. <laughs> Riley and Xander's joke together. He's like, uh, she's like, that's funny if you've read Tagler and are a huge nerd. And Riley goes, why didn't Xander laugh? And he goes, I haven't read that Tagler stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some good Riley stuff in this episode. It's pretty funny. Birth is a present thing. Uh, I also wrote down Xander's shirt is insane. It's like super tight and he is way ripped at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... I do hate uh, the Whedon cut here, where I believe Buffy says a break from all this craziness, and then it cuts to a yeah. person Ben is helping, is having a psychotic break, freaking out. Yep. And I'm like, that's not yeah. okay. That's not an okay that's joke true. to make. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, yeah, because uh, everyone forgot about Tara's birthday. And then Will's like, you're still going to come, right? And Buffy's like, yeah, I could use a break from all this craziness. Boom. Terrible joke. Mm-hmm. Um, the main thing that I wrote down about this scene is that this Ben Glory moment is like the opposite of a mislead, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like a mislead in the sense that you see the demon sneaking up on Ben, but then Glory shows up. But it's actually connecting the two in this early yeah. moment. <laughs> because why would she just be hanging out at the hospital? <laughs> yeah. I think that was kind of cool. Yeah, it's true. It's like a mislead mislead. It seems like a mislead, but it's not. You're tricked if you right. think it's a mislead. <laughs> <laughs> uh... And then we get more discussion of Glory um, at the at the magic box. Um, well, Anya's 
talking happily about um, being part of capitalism. And then yeah, uh, she's very excited. <laughs> Xander and Buffy roll in to help with Giles's research and talk about uh, Glorificus. And um, Giles asks for extra information to maybe help narrow his search. And Buffy says she was kind of like Cordelia. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sure she dyes her hair. <laughs> Which should be noted as true of Buffy as well. That's true. Not a natural blonde. Nope. Yeah, she's going with her natural color now, according to Instagram. Oh, yeah? That's cool. I mean, it might not be fully her natural color, but it's much closer to a brown. (laughs) Yeah. I guess now that she's not, like, a famous actress, she doesn't have to worry about maintaining blondness. I also wrote down, your definition of narrow is impressively wide. (laughs) Um, And then Xander and Buffy are trying to do uh, researchy type stuff, but they keep talking about Tara and how they don't get her and how nice she is. She's super nice. (laughs) Her and Willow are all wiki, um, but... You know, I don't really get that stuff, but with Willow, you know, we have all this past, so I still know how to hang with her. Um, and it seems like it's veering off into that territory again that we had uh, last season when Will first revealed to Buffy that she liked Tara, and she was, like, freaking mm-hmm. out about it. But I thought it was nice kind of in this way that Buffy throws it back on them, as a, a back on herself and Xander as opposed to like being Willow and Tara's problem she says I hope we fit in it's true which is kind of the opposite feeling I think of the last season and now it's kind of like I see that I am kind of uncomfortable with this and that's really (laughs) definitely my issue not theirs for sure uh huh Yeah, yeah. I like when. Um, I mean, it's not related to that. I just think, uh, thought it was funny when Xander says that all he knows about her is that she likes Willow, and she already has <laughs> one of those. <laughs> yeah, and then they had the thing where Giles is like, "You can't figure out what to buy for a witch in a magic shop," and it's like, well, "I don't <laughs> want to get her like a cheesy crystal ball," and he's like, "You better not. I already got her one." <laughs> <laughs> I also like Buffy's line when she says, I saw this really cu- cute sweater at Bloomingdale's, but I think I want me to have it. <laughs> <laughs> and she calls it Bloomies. Yeah. Just like Doug Benson and Friends. Um, this weed knee cut I like much better, though, where Sanders suggests that she do some stretching or some fighting, work, something to work off the tension, and it cuts to her beating up Spike. In a really yep. big, showy fight um, with some True. intense buffy music and this very bright blue light over everything. Yeah, they did a bad job of hiding Spike's stunt double, stunt double in this fight, I noticed, but. Mm. I just because he's like actually. He's just like, oh, like 
sort of noticeably taller than Spike is, so there's like a few shots where it he's cuts definitely to him a bigger dude. And like, yeah, like suddenly it's just like oh, tallerness. It wasn't. I wanted to say in this episode, back but for, sorry, oh sure, I just because I'm building first. on the stunt double thing. I, there's some shots that I specifically remember, like bird's eye type shots where like you can see that like because spike is kind of lanky and muscly but yeah. this guy is like kind of big like bulky like some yeah, shots overhead and guy. you can like see like how big his shoulders are and i'm like that's not james masters <laughs> <laughs> anyways that's a big shoulder guy you went to go back he's also a lot older he's like in his mid 40s i feel like whenever i see his face i'm like that's an old dude <laughs> James Masters oh, is pretty Yeah, old. just to go back really quick. Uh-huh. Um, I finally noticed what you were talking about a little bit with the look of the show in the previous scene. I feel like the magic shop is, like, too bright and too, like, white-looking, like, for the location that it is. It's like every single window is streaming this, like, really intense white light through it. I don't like anyone's costume in that scene either. Like, I don't know if it's who decided that, like, orange-brown was, like, the color scheme for season five, but it's just, like, not a good look. All right. <laughs> Everyone just kind of looks like an old book of the time or something. <laughs> uh, um. Oh, there's another Whedon cut. There's so many in this episode. <laughs> During the f- uh, during the fight, uh, Buff. Yeah, it's like a really sexual one. Buffy says, "I'm coming, I'm coming I'm... right now," and then it cuts to Spike <laughs> yeah. orgasming, or yep. Spike and Harmony orgasming I... at the same time. For sure, <laughs> which has never happened in the history of sex. <laughs> Simultaneous orgasms. <laughs> yeah. Very very that's rare. <laughs> that's the that's the dream. <laughs> That uncatchable dream we're all chasing. Um, it's because then the work for everyone is done at the same time. <laughs> you don't have to <laughs> be like, "Oh, I'm done," but I guess help you be done too. <laughs> it's pretty sad, but it's very funny when Harmony says, "What are you thinking about?" <laughs> he says, "All about you, baby." <laughs> <laughs> And then we get the rude Donnie, big brother, showing up. Yeah. With that super awkward, I don't know exactly how to describe that type of person, although I definitely associate it with a certain type of conservative uh, political person mm-hmm. who says that they're not being rude. And, like, if you look at the transcript of what they're saying, like, it's not, like, right on your face rude but they're like obviously being like super judgmental and like (laughs) looking down upon what's going on in a way that's really rude and they're like i'm just asking questions like (laughs) (laughs) what's so rude about asking questions you're being rude (laughs) yep yeah also i mean as anyone who's worked in the customer service industry and had a sort of like Huh? Offbeat place, you know. You had to deal with like 
sort of gawking customers that come in and they're like sort of like fascinated by the odd novelty of whatever you're working at and be like oh hey what's this thing (laughs) well this is my job that i work so i don't (laughs) starve (laughs) or live in the street um yeah and then the rest uh, you know tara and willow come in and she sees him and she's like this is my brother and then uh her father and her cousin Rowan, her cousin played by amy adams famous actress amy adams yeah academy award nominee amy adams Mm -hmm. for june bug (laughs) if you include uh television shows um you can do a nice big circle because the guy who plays Donnie is obviously in this with Amy Adams, who was in Junebug with um, Ben McKenzie, who was in the OC with the guy who plays Tara's brother. <laughs> nice. I always think of him oh, who as was he in the OC? full and manly beard. That's what I always think of him as. Uh-huh. He plays uh, um, the male version of a madam. I don't like the word pimp, so I avoided it, but... Right. What season? Uh, I feel like I haven't seen it. Season one? It's the one where they go to Vegas. Yeah, it's season one. Towards the oh, end. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. They go to Vegas, and then uh, Summer and like Seth are like temporarily broken up or something, or they're in a big fight, and they're confused as to what their relationship is. And then... Seth is like sort of trying to make her jealous with this girl that he runs into and turns out that she is a sex worker and even though they oh, didn't yeah, and then do he anything comes by and extorts her. Yeah, <laughs> even though they didn't do anything together, so basically that guy is like, You had her all day, you owe us this amount of money. Mm-hmm. I remember that scene now. Does he have the same full and manly beard? He sure does. <laughs> It's funny that since that's obviously his real facial hair, there he's cool with Joss making fun of him. <laughs> Actors got to be up for whatever. Uh, something that I think is kind of cool about the scene is um, when Tara starts introducing everyone, it just stays on her father's face, and you just hear like off screen, like this is Mr. Giles. He runs the shop, and like it adds to this like weird distancing effect of what's going on yeah and also i noticed she doesn't introduce willow at all yeah willow's upset about that but her dad does introduce i mean does interrupt her mm-hmm. yeah that's true yeah. but it seemed like you know somewhat likely she wouldn't be like here's willow this is my girlfriend <laughs> yeah yeah she <laughs> says friends multiple times like kind of in mm-hmm. like I, I think that's intentional she's like these are my friends these are my friends Here's some of my friends. My friends are here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Understandable, though. Her dad's pretty creepy, wearing a sinister-looking trench coat. uh, I feel like the um, shorthand for, like, kind of crappy dad in, uh, or even just crappy person in a television show, is, like, coming into a place and then being like, I have to go, I'm double-parked. (laughs) whenever someone's like I have to go I'm double parked they're always a jerk (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, it's because it's a jerk who double parks. Yeah. <laughs> no nice person double parks. It's true. This is just a, a scene that I remember in Sports Night, the only scene with uh, Dan Rydell's dad, where he comes to visit to pick up some tickets <laughs> for a boxing match, and just like the whole time that Dan's trying to talk to him, he's like, I gotta go, I'm double parked. <laughs> <laughs> Which definitely still bad, but makes more sense in New York City than in Sunnydale. Can't find parking That's in Sunnydale. Right. <laughs> uh... Yeah, Willa has to, like... Tara Stutter returns. Mm -hmm. It's not a... Not a very subtle thing to indicate how... <laughs> uncomfortable her family makes her, but... Yeah. And it's even more just sort of hinting, like, maybe where it came from, also. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's more people than you met in high school. That's uh, a rude joke. Yeah. He's not... He's not a nice person. <laughs> I guess our humor just doesn't align. It's like, no, you're mean. You're a mean person. <laughs> That's why you're not just funny. Joking around. <laughs> it's because your jokes are mean, and they hurt people's <laughs> feelings. <laughs> you know, it's a hilarious joke. Being a witch is stupid. <laughs> you were unpopular. Good joke, man. <laughs> uh. Then uh, Riley shows up at uh, the Summer's place um, to hang out with Buffy. Um, he's actually already there when she gets home. Oh yeah, sorry. Whole... He uh, she shows up. He's been helping unpack her stuff into a room, mm. uh, which she's very thankful for and is going to reward him sexually. Yep. There's a lot of sex talk in this episode. <laughs> uh, Joss Whedon's like, ah, oh, they're all adults now. I can really go for it. <laughs> I mean, if I prefer it to the weird sex negative stuff of the first three and a half seasons, so. That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's fucking. <laughs> yep. And drinking. He's like, I guess he realized that no one liked beer bad, so <laughs> at the party everyone's just drinking and it's fine. <laughs> um. Then, uh, Although I don't know how, they're only 20. Yeah. They all have fake well, ideas like, and Giles doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Giles is just buying them all drinks. <laughs> yep. um, oh man. This is a total digression, but I feel like I gotta tell the story because it's very funny. Mm -hmm. uh, last night at work, there were some people that got really drunk at my job uh and then a customer came to complain about them because they were watching a movie like ghostbusters and they're being loud and then uh so the manager came and talked to them and then after the movie one of the people in the party who was super drunk like like came and found the manager and was complaining to her about being complained about <laughs> <laughs> and how embarrassing it was to have her <laughs> I'd like to register a complaint with the manager about the manager <laughs> doing <laughs> <Yeah>. their job 
but she was like at that level of drunk where she like kept saying the same thing over and over again where like Caroline the manager was just like yeah I'm sorry like you know it's just our policy somebody says something you know we got to go talk to the people like definitely feel free to come back here's some free passes and she's like yeah but like it's so embarrassing we weren't doing anything and then you just like come and tell us that we're being loud like I can't believe that happened (laughs) (laughs) and just keep saying that over and over again and Caroline's just like I don't know what to tell you like (laughs) giving you free movie tickets even though you were the ones being jerks (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) I guess the equivalent in my uh job would be like if someone got their pizza walked outside and then immediately dropped it on the ground and they were like I need a new pizza it's like we're not (laughs) responsible for that (laughs) here you go man that was so embarrassing I can't believe that that happened okay but I replaced your pizza that you ruined (laughs) uh so then oh man mm -hmm opposite type of story one of the best customers uh like they bought all this stuff including like a large popcorn and then like five minutes later one of the people in the party came back and he's like can i get another large popcorn uh unfortunately my mom just like spilled it all as soon as we got in the theater (laughs) and i was like oh fuck that's gonna be a lot to clean up but then he tipped like three dollars and i was like well it's worth spilled popcorn for three bucks in tips (laughs) Yep. Um, Dawn wants to go to her friend's house to have dinner, um, and Buffy being overprotective because of the glory situation, but um, has to come up on the fly with reasons why she can't go. She says it's not safe <laughs> for her to walk across the street. She doesn't want her hanging out with her friend, with someone who is that short. <laughs> Dawn very just so happy that Buffy is back home again yeah the source of my gladness for delivery that's pretty amazing (laughs) Riley obviously picks up on something weird and uh, he has a nice sarcastic line when he says a lot of kids are experimenting with shortness these days (laughs) (laughs) he also has a funny line when Buffy talks about how Don's driving her crazy, and he's like, ah, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> it's true. But, like, why doesn't Buffy just be like, it would have been more sensical, but obviously, like, gross older sister stuff to be like, all right, let's all go to Moses' house for dinner, <laughs> or whatever. Yep. Like, then it would have come off as just, like, weird older sister like ruining fun alone time (laughs) stuff as opposed to like she's insane (laughs) we're having family night (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I know that part of the reason is because Riley can tell that something is going on and that Buffy won't let him in but the part when he really freaks out is when she turns down his suggestion of getting Graham and the military involved and like I don't know. I think he takes that way too personally, and, like, I don't totally understand why he suggested in the first place, considering, like, two episodes ago, he w- didn't want to get life-saving surgery from them. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because they're creepy and weird. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like that scene could have been better written because I think that it's like, it's a good point for his character that he's like picking up that Buffy's kind of distancing herself and keeping stuff from him, but that is like a very weird reason to get upset. Be like, okay then, I guess I won't give you ideas. I'll just be on my own if you need me. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's in very stark contrast to a later scene where basically the exact same thing happens with Tara and Willow. Willow can tell that Tara's upset and something's going on and she's like, and Tara's kind of a jerk and passive-aggressive about it and Willow's like, okay, I'll, I'll leave you alone. And, you know, basically yeah. it's just trusting her to tell her when she tells her. Uh, in a way which Riley is not. It's true. Riley's too insecure. Maybe if, um... I mean, it helps that, you know, what? I was gonna say, maybe if the first time that, like, Riley and Buffy had met, like, <laughs> Buffy had been like, you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. You're the best person. Like, it would have made him a little more secure. <laughs> yeah, that was actually the point I was just about to make. I was like, well, I guess Willow doesn't have any reason to feel insecure since <laughs> Tara just worships her all the time. Um, Must be cool to be in that kind of relationship. <laughs> Riley gets a nice, snarky, passive-aggressive comment as he slams the door and leaves when he's like, you know, if you... He's like, if you want to let me in, give me a call. I'll come running. (laughs) (coughs) Then we get more dad and Tara stuff. Um, This is when he reveals that she's turning 20, assuming they're all roughly the same age, 19, 20 years old. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, 20? They all look like they're 25 or older. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No one can pass for 20 at this point. True. I feel like Sarah <laughs> Michelle Gellar could kind of pass for a high schooler for the first three seasons, or at least for first two seasons, maybe in season three. She doesn't look so much like a high schooler anymore, but... Yeah. But also, like, yeah, the way they do her makeup, she doesn't look 20, believably 20 at all. Yeah. Um. Oh, there's a thing that I never noticed until this episode, though more like weird uh, connecting magic and lesbianism Mm -hmm. like uh, when her dad's like walking around her room and judging her Mm -hmm. he like picks up a crystal and he's like these toys (laughs) and it's like this really phallic looking just like giant crystal (laughs) it's like just walking into his teenage daughter's room and realizing she left her sex toys everywhere (laughs) or something yep Uh, Pretty impressive. Joss Whedon was really pushing with this episode. What can I get away with? <laughs> I'm gonna make an orgasming joke. Like not because <laughs> there's no way you could have that scene in the same oh, like in the same sentence. You couldn't have two people faking sex and have somebody say I'm coming on yeah. broadcast television, <laughs> but you can have someone say I'm coming and then cut to someone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, another Whedon cut. How do you think your friends will react when they see your true face? (laughs) Cut to a close-up of the demon. And what is Glory throwing at him? Shoes? (laughs) 
He ashes <laughs> in his face to light him up. It's very funny. <laughs> yeah, she says, uh, I thought you were going to sleep the day away, when of course what happened is she knocked him unconscious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Him to the boys. Uh, Glory's place rules. This set is amazing. Yeah. So good. So many cool clothes. And the mirrors and the way that it's shaped, it just feels like like you already have a pretty good sense of Glory's character and then like you see the set and it's like, Yep, that's where she would live. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can't remember all the things she says um, when she strings together like a series of short phrases about Buffy being massively rude mm-hmm. and stealing her monk and something. <laughs> right. But I like that part a lot. It's true. And finding out that she's the Slayer and being really disappointed about it. <laughs> like she thought she was up against some kind of like intense adversary and she's like Ugh, a vampire slayer <laughs> if I had friends and they heard about this <laughs> <laughs> um, we get kind of the first hint about what glory really is when she says that um, my name is a holy name mm-hmm. also she says that she remembers when they were a proud species also hinting that she's old Super old. Pretty cool. And then we get that scene between Tara and Willow that we already sort of talked about where Tara is upset about all the things that her father just said, obviously, and Willow is, you know, still just like, hey, your family, cool. Like, when am I going to get to meet them? And Tara's like, back off. (laughs) And Willow's like, okay. Well, being a pretty good girlfriend yeah, there, a f- I have a lot of complaints about her, but she pretty much nails this thing that's going on. Like, <laughs> if you go to see your significant other, and they're, like, clearly on the verge of tears, <laughs> and it's like, hey, you want to talk about it? And they're like, no! <laughs> it's best to just be like, okay, all right, give me a call. <laughs> when you are ready. <laughs> There's also a kind of funny meta-ness to- her saying not everything is about your friends and stuff. Since everything in the show is about her friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. And it also um, is something that Willow probably should have taken more to heart. Yeah. Since she's a little self centered. That's true. Uh, and then we're back in the magic box again. Uh, Dawn has been brought along because she's coming to the party later, I guess. And Buffy says, just sit down and look studious. Yep. And we'll ask if she missed any exposition. <laughs> More meta. Yep. Um, and then I have the next scene with the, the spike mislead where the new bartender is talking about how the patron has a rep and you know shouldn't be coming into this demon bar anymore because it's gonna cause trouble and then it camera swivels around and it's Riley not Spike bum, bum, bum. Says, yeah the only thing I had about the previous scene was just that 
the sneaky shot of Terra like doing the spell is like a little overwrought. Yeah. Shadows are really intense on her. <laughs> also, like, did she need to do the spell there? Can she have done it from home? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> maybe she, she couldn't get the like. Maybe she has to be looking at the, the people face, where the spell is against yeah. <laughs> in order for it to work. I guess so. <laughs> Uh, Good thing they were all clustered in one spot. <laughs> it's true. Um, Riley loves the ambiance, and uh, we get yeah. that weird moment where they don't explain what happened to Willie, but just sort of mention that he's not coming around anymore. He's like, if Willie were still here, and Riley's like, but he's not here. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna say yeah it feels like they just couldn't get the actor yeah. for a little bit but that will, he's he doesn't appear again oh really yeah oh. the last episode that he was in was the last episode that he'll be in oh that's sad I thought he was in season 6 for some reason yeah Bummer. Well, they kind of replaced he got tired of getting beaten up <laughs> yeah they kind of replaced the same feeling as Lily with Clem, the, like, kind of bumbling demon. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it feels like a sort of a similar role. Um, and then Sandy, who you may remember from Doppelgangland, was uh, sired by Willow's vampire self. Oh, I didn't <laughs> remember that. Wow. Talk about intense callbacks. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <coughs> um, sidles up to Riley and mm-hmm. starts hitting on him, and he's like, uh, I'm Get sorry, I'm dating on. someone. Also, you're a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Although it takes him a while to get there. Yeah. He entertains the flirting for a little bit until she suggests going somewhere else. Yeah. Probably because he doesn't want to have to fight and kill her. <laughs> yeah. He's just not in the mood. <laughs> but he's okay he's with, sure. like, having his ego bumped up. <laughs> yep. They're like, hmm. I'm a good-looking guy to have my blood drink from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he gets uh, another one of his really good lines where um, he says, I don't go out with vampires. Never interested in my intellect. <laughs> Just like, I think like a double funny joke, like one part self-deprecating being like, do we talk about Riley as being like a smart guy that often? I mean, right. he must be to be getting a PhD in psychology. It's not easy to get sure. a PhD yeah. in anything, but <laughs> right. the show doesn't really ever, you know? show Riley being particularly brainy except for I guess maybe that first scene between him and Willow when they meet and they geek out together mm-hmm. um, and then of course the other joke being like vampires you know literally want someone's body like not <laughs> metaphorically they don't care about <laughs> uh, and then we get a scene of Harmony telling Spike about the demons that she heard from Brandon from the sewer gang, who was sired by somebody, uh, that the demons <laughs> are going to kill the Slayer. Um, she calls them sweetbreads, and we get kind of a funny joke about her saying that everything at April Fool's, which I believe is where Cordelia used to work, 
uh, at, yeah, the, that makes sense. at the end of season three, um, everything being on sale, and he's Spike's like, you paid for it? And she's like, no, I just killed the quirk, but the deal's a deal. Yep. It's pretty... Pretty strange logic. <laughs> um, and Spike goes off to see the demons murder the Slayer, uh, and then we run into Tara coming, going back from the magic box back to her dorm, I assume, where she runs into uh, cousin Beth. Amy Adams. Yeah, asking whether. Or yeah, I think Beth is it. Whether or not. Oh yeah. She wants One help thing packing. I wanted to say real quick mm-hmm. about the harmony thing is. I like her idea of, like, if they succeed, she'll give those demons, like, a gift basket or something. Harmony's <laughs> kind of sweet. Like, she's, like... Yep, she's a nice person. She was, like, pretty, pretty mean person. in high school, but I feel like she has, like... I don't know. She wants to be liked. I think that's an important part mm-hmm. of her personality. <laughs> right. <laughs> um... I wrote down that Amy Adams is clearly, if you didn't know that she was going to become famous, the best actress of the three family members. Like, you can tell pretty clearly, especially in the scene where, like, before she even does anything, where she's just, like, being sweet and being like, hey, I'll help you pack up your stuff so we can get ready to move or whatever. She has, like, these intense, crazy eyes (laughs) going on. (laughs) Like, these, like, glassy, like does not see anyone else's humanity eye, so I'm like, that's pretty amazing that she's able to just pull that off without, like, any, you know, physical or dialogue stuff going on. It's, like, just her eyes, and, like, the rest of her face, like, she's, like, smiling and stuff like that, but the eyes always stay, like, (laughs) insane. Um, and then, of course, she reveals that, uh, Tara's from a very conservative background since uh, they judge her for not taking care of the house, leaving yep. her dad and brother to like, I assume, cook and clean <laughs> for themselves. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of that bit in uh, Jungle Fever when the woman is like, uh, I don't really want to go home yet. I want to make them eat McDonald's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that they'll appreciate how much I do at the house for them. Right. And how she's like the only one with a real job and then still comes home and cooks and cleans. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so frustrating. It's true. Yeah, Haley uh, talked about that like when her and her boyfriend and their daughter was first born she was just like a stay at home mom for a pretty long time but then once she started going to work like there was zero splitting up of the duties that she used to do she just had to work and do all those things third shift everyone loves it do you, have you heard that term before uh, it sounds familiar. I think it's called third shift, yeah. It's basically the idea that women come home from work and then they work more for free. The right. third shift. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's, it was always interesting to see uh, sort of young people today's, like, 
kind of embodiment of capitalism because I had a professor who talked about how, like, in the 70s and stuff, there was, like, real legitimate talk about, like, paying stay-at-home moms, like, out of, like, tax money, mm-hmm. like, and that, like, all of the, like, 20-somethings, men and women in that class were like, what? <laughs> That's not a job! <laughs> and I was like, that doesn't make sense. Why didn't they do that? I mean, the answer's obvious why they didn't, because... <laughs> Politics are terrible, but because you got to build a thousand useless tanks in a world in which we don't ever use tanks for war anymore, we just roll them around right. to look threatening, like including through our own domestic neighborhoods. It's true. Awesome, awesome sauce. It's way more valuable than women's work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that there should just be a minimum standard of living that just the government pays for for people and then if people want to work over that to make more money to have like more comforts and stuff like that they can yeah (laughs) and considering that's pretty most people will (laughs) most people don't want just like fifteen thousand a year or whatever it's like a basic well it'd be you know it'd have to be done by place because obviously that wouldn't be enough to like live in new york or san francisco um, most people right. would work. You still wouldn't have any trouble collecting enough taxes, whatever. U.S. is a very it's large true. nation, though. It'd be much easier to do that on, like, a state level. Yeah. Or a small country, like the Netherlands, where they do have that. But Even more off-topic. I'd probably be one of those people that didn't work. Or just, like, work like very part-time like two days a week (laughs) yeah i i mean i think most of the time that i would work but it would be great for times like this where i realized that i need to focus on school and like preparing uh applications and stuff like that to be like all right i don't have to work for like three months and i can finish this stuff up and then go back to work when i'm done right that would be nice. <laughs> it would be super nice. Um, <coughs> speaking of like giant countries compared to small countries, again, more off topic, but someone I saw on uh, one of those videos about the wall or whatever that someone was like, the wall in Israel is successful. And I was like, Israel's the size of Rhode Island. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like, do you understand how large Texas is? And that that's not the only way to get into the U.S. Like, you can get in by water. <laughs> you right. can get in by plane. You can get in by going to Canada, and then where there's no wall, and then coming down south. <laughs> Unless you want right. to build a wall up there, too. Because Canada has pretty loose immigration laws, are looser than the U.S. So if you really wanted sure. to go to the U.S., just fly to Montreal and then drive across the border. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyways, um, I yep. I really like the part when uh, 
they're at the magic box and well here's a sound and she's like hey tara and she opens the door and the demons are just standing there and she just stares blankly past them because they're invisible and she's like oh i thought i heard something and closes the door and the demons like creepily smile i thought that part ruled no although she doesn't close the door which is how they get in she does close the door makes a little less oh she does mm -hmm. oh and then they reopen it i assume okay, so. that makes more sense yeah. Because um, uh, it looks like, I don't know if I heard the sound, but she's closing the door like in their face when it cuts mm -hmm. to commercial. And then later, um, someone says that they're cold and it's like, Dawn, go close the door. And Will's like, I didn't leave that open or something like that. Actually, Dawn says it. Yeah. She's annoyed about being told to close something <laughs> that she never opened to begin with. <laughs> Um, get some this is very good teenager <laughs> logic being like why should I close the door I didn't open it uh, I really enjoyed James Marster's acting in the scene where he walks in and Buffy is struggling with the demons and he's like excited and then he's like oh fine I'll save them <laughs> and then <laughs> attacks the demons and uh, you know of course since he's a vampire Buffy can't see him either and so when he like throws the vampire at the demon off of her he's like uh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, that part's super funny. She's just running through an empty room. Yeah. Um, and something that somehow I'd never heard before in this part is when um, Anya is, uh, like, she picks up, like, a big magnifying glass or something to, like, maybe help Sander, and then, like, while the fight's going on, they're like, I can't see them, what's going on? Anya yells, I've already been injured this month. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed at that part, too, I wrote it down, it was really good delivery. And then Tara shows up, sees everything that's going wrong, undoes her spell, Buffy curb stomps the last demon... <laughs> yeah, on the neck. It's real intense. <laughs> I'm real uncomfortable with watching stuff get curb stomped. <laughs> um, and then, of course, the family shows up for the final showdown. Tara is like, I guess I have to go. And Will's like, do you want to go? And... She's like, no. And then uh, the group stands up for her, and uh, Buffy's like, you're gonna have to go through me. And Don's like, me too. And she's like, he's like, uh, I can't remember what he says, but then Buffy says, you should watch out, she's a hair puller. <laughs> I'm not oh, done. <laughs> Pretty funny. It's true. You're dealing with all of us. Yeah, the Buffy, the Buffy reversal is very silly, though. Yeah, this... I don't like that at all. No, it doesn't make any sense the way that it's written. Yeah, because it's like, it's only written because it's entirely plausible, given Buffy's character, that she'd be like, fuck this person who just cast a spell on me. Yeah. But then she's like, no, we're family. <laughs> uh, you're dealing with all of us, except me, except Spike. I don't care what happens. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing delivery. <laughs> um, I do think that uh, it's really cool, again, going back to the eyes, like the difference between the eyes of the family and the eyes of almost everyone 
in the group has is like especially Xander has like this real warmth to them like this mm-hmm. is what a nice group of people looks like and uh yeah. really the only one who I felt like didn't have super warm eyes was Anya and I feel like that kind of makes sense because both her and Tara are ancillary to the group and so it's like they don't have like a direct yeah. connection like it's like a right. seven steps of Kevin Bacon also I think that you know this is also a part where she's thinking and so she raises her hand which is really yep. funny <laughs> it's like yes it's like what kind of demon is she <laughs> and uh there's lots of kinds she's like some are really really evil and some are considered useful members of society and <laughs> she smiles at Xander he's like very good yep. <laughs> And then Spike figures out. Yeah, this is the moment that I was talking about where this moment shouldn't really work, but Amber Benson's so, like, believably grateful that I was, like, swept up in the moment anyway. I was like, oh, man. She was so teary-eyed and so warm and happy. She's a good actress. She is. Um, And then Spike figures it out before anyone else does and uses this chip to prove that Tara's all human by punching her. (laughs) <laughs> he hit my nose <laughs> and it hurt him and that only happens with humans and Spike's like just and he says you're welcome yeah. <laughs> Spike's <laughs> like this is just a lie you concocted to keep your women in line I like you <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it in a way, I mean, I don't know any other way they could have done it, but it, I don't know. It really lays it on the thick as far as, like, the connecting metaphor goes that, like, you know, a homophobic family was, like, comprised of the worst humans that <laughs> exist. <Yeah. And laughs> like, it's not, like, just, like, some people who are, you know, maybe trying to be good parents but ostracizing people or something sort of complex instead it's just like oh it's like a family that has you know maybe hundreds of years of psychological manipulation (laughs) under its belt (laughs) yep and Tara's mom died young too if I remember the canon Mm -hmm. of the show so like it's like extra creepy somehow (laughs) True. Which seems sort of weird because her dad doesn't look young at all. Like, so that sort of implies that he was, like, much older than her when Tara was born. Like, much older than her mom, you know? Mm hmm. Because he looks like he could be, like, very believably right around 50, which would mean he's, like, about 30 when Tara was born, but it implies that the mom was much younger than that. Um, I like Anya's hair in the party scene. She's got some rockin' bangs. Yeah. Everyone's wearing the cool party dresses and shirts and stuff like that. Yeah, Xander's outfit is terrible. <laughs> With his jacket and a no-collared shirt. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's, like, wearing, like, a green-ish, 
like a light greenish uh, t-shirt and then a blazer that's like it's it's unbuttoned later and it looks a little better but it's like buttoned at first so it makes this very sharp V and then his hair is like slicked back <laughs> and I was just like this is a gross look his hair is, looks like a real creep it's a real problem in season 5 <laughs> yeah in my opinion I think we talked about this before. It's a very awkward link. How, like, uh... <laughs> we postulated that the costuming people were controlling Nicholas Brendan's hair, and he was like, I want to grow it out. And they're like, alright. <laughs> we'll let you see what it happens <laughs> when it grows out. <laughs> and then that's season five. And then season six and seven, he has short hair again. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at himself and was like, ugh. What was I thinking? And I'm pretty sure he's had fairly short hair <laughs> since then. I've never seen him with yep. medium length or long hair other than season five. Yeah, when I was a teenager, I had long hair. Same. Never again. <laughs> There's still pictures of me. It looks terrible. I really learned my lesson. I think the Don with the broomstick gag is really funny. Just <laughs> yeah, like pointing she's out, so the, excited. Pointing out like the features of the crystal ball, and then like Don jumps in with like a broomstick, <laughs> with a little big red bow on it. It's not even a good broom for sweeping. There's so many better sure, brooms. It's only a, a decorative witch's broom. <laughs> Riley trying to be super cool shows up in his leather jacket. <laughs> yeah. trying to do the broody angel thing because he knows that's what Buffy's into <laughs> or thinks yeah you think if he had stuck well, around Buffy would have gotten there at some point or you think this was just just not gonna work out if he'd been like calmer I don't know. and had I more mean, you know self-assurance as to their relationship and like believed in it Yeah, I mean, I feel like she really does care about him. It's only, you know, he's just comparing himself to other lovers all the time. That's not a good way to start a relationship. Be like, what are your other boyfriends like? Oh, not like me. You must not like me that much. <laughs> he's better than Parker. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. A whole lot better. <laughs> better hair, too. <laughs> Um, Lil gets that really sweet moment where she's dancing with Tara and uh, she says I don't understand why you didn't tell me and she's like I was embarrassed I didn't want you to see the kind of people that are my family are like and she says that's where you're a dummy I look where you came from and who you've become it makes me proud makes me love you more Aww. it's very sweet and then, of course, they kind of ruin it with the super cheesy ending, where she's like, whenever I'm in my lowest, you make me feel so good. How is that? Yes, magic. And then it cuts them that are floating in the air. Yeah, it seems like something that would be from, like, that Sandra Bullock movie, Practical Magic. Yeah, like I was going to say, like, an ABC family film. <laughs> <laughs> or a TV show about like Sabrina the Teenage Witch or something, but even cheesier. <laughs> For sure. 
Yeah, whenever I think of that Practical Magic movie, I remember Ebert's review of it, which was pretty negative, and he talks about how, like, the entire movie is on the nose, so that, like, when the main male lead and Sandra Bullock kiss for the first time, the song that it plays is, uh, Faith Hill's This Kiss. Uh, I thought it was going to be a song about magic. <laughs> nope. But also would have been very good in on this. That's true. Yeah, like this magic moment. Yeah. <laughs> be a good one. <laughs> um... I think that's all I have to say about this episode. Yeah, same here. Boom. Let's see what alternate titles family has. <laughs> yeah, I'm scrolling through. Um, obviously, Queer White Terra Sabotage Will is Demon Locator Spell and Goodbye Iowa. Sandy uh, is from Season 3 Doppelgangerland. Last episode to feature nice. Miss Kitty Fantastico it would not be revealed what happened to the cat until the penultimate episode of the series, where it is hinted that Dawn accidentally killed her when she left a crossbow sitting around. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, her birthday is Tara's birthday is October sixteenth, which we learned from her grave <laughs> in season yes. seven. <laughs> um, Hank Summers bailed on his family and is living in Spain. But he thinks Gloria and Cordelia are similar. <laughs> in the original script, Joss Whedon had written in the scene where Tara, where the team is helping Buffy move. Tara is in the closet. Parentheses. No jokes, please. Parentheses. Gross. Unnecessary. Yep. That's <laughs> episode's already on the nose enough about that. Uh, apparently, Amy Adams starred as the same character as Sarah Michelle Gellar in Cruel Intentions too. She was the replacement <laughs> when they made a sequel nice. for Cruel Intentions too. I mean, for Cruel Intentions. Wow. That's very funny. It's weird to think that at one point Sir Michelle Geller was like too good to do Cruel Intentions too, <laughs> so they got Academy Award nominee. <laughs> yeah. Amy Adams. <laughs> careers kinda went in different directions. Although I I think at least part of it was well, one, she decided to do like four horror movies in a row, like towards the end of mm-hmm. and after Buffy ended, which kinda like pigeonholed her a bit and then a lot of people, other than The Rock, didn't escape the pull of Southland tales mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of career arcs. But um, I think she really just wanted to be like a wife and mother, actually. Like, she seems pretty down with that. <laughs> and Yeah, I th- and I also think that it's pretty rare for like a famous like someone who's very very famous for being on a tv show to transition that successfully into film acting it's true but i also just wonder like how much she's beating the pavement as they say like going out on auditions like Mm -hmm. i'm sure if she really wanted to like rebuild her career she could go up to like little indie directors and just try to find nice roles until she got nominated for something because she's a good enough actress that she would at some point 
for sure. I mean, she was in that show Ringer. <laughs> yeah, and she was in a show Where with Robin Williams. Twins of herself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I heard that show was pretty good, but it seems hard to believe because I don't like Robin Williams <laughs> acting. <laughs> yeah. Man, these are some bad goofs and bloopers. It's all like where like hand placement and stuff. Oh, and then of course the gang is drinking beer oh. at the bronze at the end of the episode. They don't turn twenty one for another year. Les liens du sang, blood ties en français. Ooh. In Deutsch That's kind of a better name. Uh Familienbande. Family ties. <laughs> this is the first and only Terra-centric episode. Also the first time we learned Terra's surname, McClay. Oh, I missed that part. It's not a great name, really. Terra McClay. I believe Mac means son of, so she's the son of me. <laughs> Yep. My name is Ruben Clay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you are enjoying the podcast. If so, please subscribe using your podcast listening application. Leave us a five-star rating review on iTunes. And Basil and I will call you part of our family, not just Bloodkin. Yeah, Vin Diesel family. <laughs> If you thought uh, we had anything else to say about family, you were and are myth taken. Bye bye. My uh, 